lavishly bless you, sisters and sisters, for that awesome ministration. And I declare over your life that God will leave you speechless in the name of Jesus. I declare over your life that God is about to do a new thing in your life. A thing that you have dropped, you have not found, this is not going to that thing that you have been waiting for, that thing that you have dreamt about, what you have opgegeven, I pray in the mighty name of Jesus that God is going to leave you speechless. That you will be like, wow, is this the God that I serve? But yes, it is the God that you serve because He is the God who is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above everything that you can ask, think, or imagine. Amen. If you believe, a shout a big amen. If you believe, a shout a big amen. After he leaves you speechless, he's going to give you a new song. He's going to give you a new song. And from the within, the Holy Spirit is giving you a new song, a new utterance. Words that speak of his praises. Words that speak of how good he is. I pray in the mighty name of Jesus that before the end of this year, you will receive a new song. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we are so grateful. We are so thankful unto you this morning, this afternoon. We are so thankful for you, for the gift of Jesus Christ. We thank you that you have given us your son because you loved us so. And that by that you gave us eternal life. We know that eternal life, it is to know you. It is to know you, God, and it is to know Jesus. And we thank you that through your Holy Spirit, you continue to make us the more like him. That as he is, so are we in this world. Father, it is our prayer that as we are about to go into the word of God, Father, lead and guide us towards all truth, that indeed we could stand as kingdom worshipers, O oh Lord, where our life is a life of obedience and sacrifice unto you, Lord Jesus. I pray that whatever we do, that it brings you glory. I pray that whatever we do, that it pleases you, O oh God. For yours is the kingdom, for yours is the power, and for yours is the glory. Shout a big amen if you're here. If you're here, celebrate Jesus. Put your hands together. I'm so happy to be here. I'm so, so happy and so blessed to be here. It was, I think it was like three weeks ago when I was here for the last time, which is the longest time since City Church started. So I'm so happy this morning and afternoon to see all of you guys. I hope you're doing well in Christ Jesus. Are you guys doing well? Ask your neighbor, are you well? Are you well? Are you strong in the Lord? Yes, we are strong, we are well in the Lord. So it is so, the glory that I see from up here, you guys, you have to try once. The glory that I see all over this room, because Jesus Christ lives on the inside of you. Christ in you is the hope of glory. And that glory is manifest in City Church District, so we praise God for that, amen? Amen. I want to thank the leadership of this church. That is Pastor John and our mama, Dr. Grace. Let's celebrate her, she's here with us. Oh, we love her. the awesome work that you are doing for your vision, for the leadership, your love, your sacrifices. We do not take it for granted. The entire presbytery, God richly bless you for your tireless efforts as well to advance the kingdom of God. And also you as a church, I would like to say thank you. The church, we are all together. Each and everyone is part and is a member of this great church. I want to thank you guys for showing up last week at the gala. And you guys weren't excited for that. The awesome gala that we had together. 
also those that weren't able to come, I want to thank you for being part of this church. This is a church where we pray together. This is a church where we love one another. This is a church where we are really our brothers and our sisters keepers until we all come to the knowledge that is found in Jesus Christ. So God richly bless you for what this church has been doing and what God has been doing through us. Amen. Can we celebrate God for just a few This morning I've entitled my sermon obey for his kingdom power and glory obey for his kingdom power and glory and for that the theme of the month is the admin had it correct your kingdom your power and your glory that is the theme for this month the month of October and last month what was the theme last month we had a theme thy kingdom come and we learned a few things and I quickly want to go with you through them so that we go into this month that indeed yours is the kingdom, the power and the glory. Amen. So a few things that we learned is that kingdom, it consists of the two words king and dom. And the dom stands for the domain or the dominion, the place where a king rules, where the king reigns. And in a kingdom there are certain values, there are certain principles, there are certain qualities. So when we look into the kingdom of God, we have the qualities of God. We have life, we have freedom, we have grace, we have strength, we have healing. Those are the things that pertain to the kingdom of God. But that is the kingdom of God. There is also the kingdom of darkness. Mm. But glory be to God that God has taken us out of the kingdom of darkness. And that he has brought us into his kingdom of light. So that we are now members of his kingdom and we rule and we reign together with him. I want to read something very briefly. And that is Psalms 103, verse 19. Psalms 103, verse 19, if one of the readers can Psalms read. 103, verse 19. And I read in Jesus' name. The Lord has established his throne in heaven, and his kingdom rules over all. Amen. Amen. His kingdom rules over all. So what we are called to do as Christians, as members of the kingdom of God, to rule over this world, to go with our kingdom, which is the kingdom of light, which is the kingdom of God, and to indeed, wherever the kingdom of darkness is, wherever we go, we go there and we fight. We go there and we superimpose the kingdom of God, the values and the principles of God. And another thing that we learned is that the kingdom of God, it is not about eating and drinking, but it is about righteousness, joy, peace, in the Holy Ghost, in the Holy Spirit, amen? Do you guys remember that? Are you guys following me? Okay, that is good. So, what we learned is that the kingdom of God, it is within us. God has given it to us. And we carry that kingdom because we carry Jesus. So it means that wherever we go, wherever we step, we bring the kingdom of God, amen? We bring the kingdom of God, amen? Are there kingdom people in the house? Are there kings and queens in this house? Kings and queens of the kingdom. Hallelujah, amen. And so the Bible tells us that it has pleased God to give us the kingdom. That the kingdom of God, it is within us. That we rule and that we reign together with God in the kingdom. So he has called us into the kingdom and he has also given us the authority to rule and to reign together with him. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing? And he has made you a royalty in this kingdom. Right? These are some of the things that we learned last month. But then it makes me ask this question. Now that we are in the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God has come. Is it all about bawling and chilling in the kingdom of God? Oh, you guys are saying no. 
It's not about eating and drinking and just being a royalty, being fly, being flex. It is not about that. But what is it about? It is about ruling and reigning together with God so that the principles, the value, the idea, the will of God will be manifest here on earth as it is in heaven. Amen? That is what we are called to do. And that is what we're going to look at this month in your kingdom, your power, and glory. If you can read Matthew chapter 6 verse 13 from the New King James Version. Matthew chapter 6 verse 13. And I read in Jesus' name. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Amen. For yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory. So God has given us the kingdom. He has handed this to us. But we have to remember that the kingdom, the power, and glory, it belongs to God. It belongs to God. Amen. And because it belongs to God, it means that we have to be very conscious of what God expects from us to do with that that he has given us. That is what we are going to look into today. When we saw, saw the theme of the month, we saw it on Instagram, the flyer, there were a few small letters under your kingdom, power, and glory. There were about what kleine letters is that. I don't know if you guys read it. Do some of you know what the small letters were? Some of you guys are quickly looking on Instagram. Kingdom worship. It said underneath kingdom worship. Today we're going to talk about kingdom worship. Don't forget the small letters. The small letters are important. Today we're going to talk about kingdom worship. And before we go to talk about kingdom worship, I want to share a small word on worship. What is worship actually? Is worship only when we come to church and we sing? And we sing a certain kind of slow song? Is that what worship is? Or is worship much more? Is worship much more? Amen. Even today when we were singing, we sang a song and it said, and I will always worship you. But I don't want that singer, right? We were all singing that. I will always worship you. It means that you do not only worship when you come to church. It means that you do not only worship when you are singing. We often say we are about to enter into a time of worship, right? But we do not enter in and go out of worship. Our entire life is worship unto God. You are never out of worship. Your life is always a life of worship because your life is a life that is in response to who God is. It is a life that you live where you obey God. It is a life where you live your life because you know who God is. That is what worship is. And that is what we're going to look into very briefly. Amen. Let's read Romans chapter 12 verse 1. Romans chapter 12 verse 1. And I read in Jesus' name. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Amen. Amen. A different word for worship often is service. Worship, it is service. And what we are called to as Christians is that our lives, yeah, their entire lives, so not only when you come to church on Sunday, not only when you are singing, but even in your eating, even in your sleeping, even when you're walking, even when you're going, even when you're coming, even when you're talking, even when you're thinking, even when you're partying, even when you're playing football, even when you're doing work, even when you're studying, even when you're going to Oma, even when you're going to Opa, everything you do, it has to be an acceptable and a pleasing sacrifice, an acceptable and reasonable service unto God. That is what we are called to. That is what we are called to. Because it wouldn't be of any value if we come and we sing and 
then we go and our lives do not reflect that thing that we are singing about. What benefit would that have? What benefit would that have? But glory be to God that God lives on the inside of you. That by the power of the Holy Spirit who is on the inside of you, you are now able to live a life that is pleasing and acceptable unto God. You are now able to live a life that is a life of righteousness. You are now able to live a life where the things that you do, God looks at you and says that this is my son, this is my daughter, in whom I am well pleased. Amen? So that is our worship unto God. So if we are treating this theme, your kingdom, your power, your glory, it points us to kingdom worship. It points us to being a kingdom worshiper. It points us to living a life where we realize that the kingdom, the power, and the glory, it belongs to God. Because it belongs to God, I live my life in the way that he has called me to do it. That is the lesson that we are having here. Amen? Even when you look into Google and you search up worship, you search for the meaning, the noun, it says, Worship is the feeling or expression of reverence and adoration for a God. It is an expression of adoration for a God. Why do we love God? Because He loved us first. God didn't respond to us. God loved us first. The Bible says that, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in Him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. And because all of us, the church, we responded and received that call, we now love Him. And when we love him, that expression of our love, it is with our entire life, as you just read in Romans chapter 12, verse 1. So when we are talking about worship, we're not only talking about songs. Indeed, when we are singing songs, we are worshiping God. But that your worship doesn't stop there. That is the message. Your worship doesn't stop there. It doesn't stop when we leave these doors um, in the Q Factory Hall. Even if you go outside tomorrow morning, you are still in worship. Because you live your life according to who God is. Can we clap on that? So Elder Usa Asari, this month, he brought us to the first mention of the word worship in the Bible. And I want us to look there briefly as well, so that we really come to understand what our worship is to God. And that is found, and it is quite a long passage, in Genesis chapter 22, and we're going to read from 1 till 19. It is a story that most of us have read, most of us know, but we catch the revelation of what worship really is and how God responds to our worship. So let's read Genesis chapter 22, verse 1 till 19. And I read in Jesus' name. Now it came to pass after these things that God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, and he said, Here I am. Then he said, Take now your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah, and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. So Abraham rose early in the morning and saddled his donkey and took two of his young men with him and Isaac his son. And he split the wood for the burnt offering and arose and went to the place of which God had told him. Then on the third day, Abraham lifted his eyes and saw the place afar off. And Abraham said to his young men, Stay here with the donkey. The lad and I will go yonder and worship, and we will come back to you. Yes. So what we, what we find here is that Abraham said, And I will go yonder and worship. This is the first time the word worship and bidding was mentioned in the Bible. And what was happening, what was the context, is that Abraham had been instructed to kill his son Isaac, to offer him as an offering as the burnt offering unto God 
and he is saying, this is my worship to God. This is my worship to God. It was an act of obedience. Little context is that Abraham, he was of a very old age. I was out and he had always wanted a son. God had given him a son and God instructed him, give your son as a sacrifice, as an offering. So you can imagine it wasn't very happy about that. You, you can imagine that he was confused. You can imagine that that wasn't according to his will. But because he lived and walked in obedience, that is where we find the first mention of the word worship. So it reflects obedience to God. It reflects living your life, putting God at the very first place, even above your own desires or above your own interest, but knowing that whatever God instructs, whatever God has in plan, whatever God has in mind, that is what we do in our reverence to Him. But we're going to look further into the stories just so that you can follow it. We're picking it up from the verse 6. Thank you. Verse 6. So Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac his son. And he took the fire in his hand and a knife, and the two of them went together. But Isaac spoke to Abraham his father and said, My father. And he said, Here I am, my son. Then he said, Look, the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for a burnt offering? And Abraham said, My son, God will provide for himself the lamb for a burnt offering. So the two of them went together. Then they came to the place of which God had told him. And Abraham built an altar there and placed the wood in order. And he bound Isaac his son and laid him on the altar upon the wood. And Abraham stretched out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. So he said, here I am. And he said, do not lay your hand on the lad or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God, since you have not withheld your son, your only son, from me. Then Abraham lifted his eyes and looked, and there behind him was a ram caught in a thicket by his horns. So Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up for a burnt offering instead of his son. And Abraham called the name of the place, the Lord will provide. As it is said to this day, in the mount of the Lord it shall be provided. Let's stop there. God bless you. Let's give it up for our sister. Alicia. I just want to look at a few things even in this short passage because of time. But eventually Abraham didn't have to kill his son. It was a drama that God was creating. And the drama being that God has asked Abraham to offer his only begotten son as a sacrifice unto him. Where do we find that back? Where do we find that back? Jesus. Where God gave his only begotten son so that indeed through that sacrifice, you and I can be called into the family of God. It was a drama that God was creating, but in that drama, what Abraham showed, it is counted as righteousness unto him, unto God, because God looked at him and said that you had faith in me. You were willing to obey me. And that was his acceptable worship, which is pleasing unto God. And in the end, God says, I will do it myself. That is the God that we serve. When we look at the verse 14, if you read from the New Living Translation, it reads, Abraham named the place Yahweh Jireh, which means the Lord will provide. To this day, people still use that name as a proverb. We still use that name as a song. We sing it all the time. Jireh, you are enough. This is the story where it comes from. And it is the story where we see worship for the first time in the Bible. And we see the character of God, that God is a God who provides even before the need arises. 
So, if we want the Jehovah Jireh God, why do we not always also live our lives as a worship that is reasonable and acceptable and pleasing unto Him? We see how the two go hand in hand together. So what I'm challenging you is that no longer, maybe if I'm speaking to anyone today, you've come to church, you come to church and you, you sing the songs and you feel nice and you think that it stops there. No, live your life as a sacrifice that is pleasing and acceptable unto God. Be a kingdom worshiper, have that kingdom mindset that indeed any life that you have, it is the life that God has given you, so you live your life according in a response to that which he has given you himself. That is what I want us to understand this month as we treat yours is the kingdom, yours is the power, and yours is the glory. Amen? There is the chief kingdom worshiper. There is the chief kingdom worshiper. Who is he? Who is the, key, the chief kingdom worshiper? Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, he showed us how worship is exactly done. And for that, we're going to look also in a few ver verses because he is the way and he has also shown us the way. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter four, verse 14 to 15. I get excited when I talk about Jesus. Do you guys get excited when we talk about Jesus? At ACC, we say that the more you know Jesus, the more you know you. So whenever we're going to talk about Jesus, know that you're going to learn more about yourself. Know that you're going to learn more about who God wants you to be, who in whose image God has created you. The Bible says that he has created us in, in his own image. So whenever we talk about Jesus, I just get excited. Maybe it's just me. <laughs> All, right. <laughs> All right, let's read Hebrews chapter 4. Verse 14 and 15. And I read in Jesus' name, Seeing then that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted, as we are yet without sin. Amen. Amen. So the wonderful thing is that Jesus Christ, who is the mediator, between God and mankind, between God and man, is that indeed he is the great high priest who is able to sympathize with us. Why? Because everything that we are going through, he went through it himself. He went through it himself. He also had to face that temptation, but he showed that he could withstand. Because why? He is the grace of God. And by the enablement and by the power of God, he is the one that knew no sin, who was made sin for us so that we might become the righteousness of God in him. But it is the thing that when you look at Jesus and we look at his life, he did it. And because he did it, we can now also do it. Because the Bible says that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So that means that in that temptation, that means in those things that are difficult to you. I don't know what burying what burden you are carrying this morning. I don't know what heaviness that you are carrying here that you've brought here. I don't know what thing that you've been struggling with. But what I can tell you is that Jesus Christ, he is our great high priest. He went through it. And because he went through it and he showed that it is able to be done, you are an overcomer in the mighty name of Jesus. You are victorious in the name of Jesus. Whatever struggle that is before you, whatever challenge that is set before you, because Jesus Christ is the winner man, you win always. You win always. You win always. The battle is not yours, it is the Lord's. Whatever battle that you are fighting, trust in him and see that indeed that victory will be won in the mighty name of Jesus. We're going to look into the worship of Jesus and we're going to look at the beginning and that is when Jesus got baptized. That is, is in Matthew chapter 3, verse 13 to 17. 
going to look at something very interesting there. Matthew chapter 3, verse 13 to 17, and I read in Jesus' name. Then Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized by him. And John tried to prevent him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and are you coming to me? But Jesus answered and said to him, Permit it to be so now, for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he allowed him. When he had been baptized, Jesus came up immediately from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting upon him. And suddenly a voice came from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Amen. Amen. I will also read this passage from the Passion Translation, the TPT. And it says, Then Jesus left Galilee to come to the Jordan to be baptized by John. But when he waded into the water, John resisted him, saying, Why are you doing this? I'm the one who needs to be baptized by you, and yet you come to be baptized by me. Jesus replied, It is only right to do all that God requires. This afternoon, I'm asking you the same question. Can you have that same position that Jesus has? We have come to understand that we are members of the body of Christ, and that indeed we have been given the mind of Christ. Having the mind of Christ, it means that we have the same perceptions. It means that we have the same feeling. It means that we have the same heart as Jesus does. The question that I'm asking you is that, are you also in that position, in that mindset, in that conviction, that it is right to do all that God requires, that it is for you to live a life of obedience, that whatever God has called you to do, that that is what you walk in, that is what you advance in, because that is the position that Jesus here, he took. It would make sense to think that Jesus Christ, why would Jesus need to be baptized? Does Jesus need to be born again? He is God himself. So if you use our logical sense, you would be like, why is that for no But the position that Jesus had is that it is right to do all that God requires. All that God requires is that is what it needs to be done. And that is what we have to imitate, that mindset, that being that we walk in obedience. Amen? If Jesus Christ wouldn't be baptized, maybe it could be that in future they would have said that this guy can't be the, he can't be the procreation for our sins because he was never baptized. In those days, or they all they had to be baptized. So if Jesus wasn't to fulfill that righteousness, who knows what kind of problems, what kind of troubles that would bring. But Jesus Christ, from the very big moment that he was born as a baby till the very end, he always walked in obedience. He humbled himself. He emptied himself of all godliness to be able to do whatever God requires for him. Why? Not for Jesus Christ himself, but so that you and I, can be part of the kingdom of God, so that you and I will receive eternal life in Christ Jesus, so that you and I will receive the Holy Spirit as the guarantee of our salvation. So from the very beginning, all that he did is walking in obedience, walking in obedience, walking in obedience. And he is the Alpha and he is the Omega anyway. So from the beginning to the very end, we see his character. We see what he does. We see who he is. And when we continue from the verse 15, I'll read again. Jesus replied, it is only right to do all that God requires. Then John baptized Jesus. And as Jesus rose up out of the water, the heavenly realm opened up over him, and he saw the Holy Spirit descend out of the heavens and rest upon him in the form of a dove. Then suddenly the voice of the Father shouted from the sky, saying, this is my son, the beloved. My greatest delight is in him, amen. I pray that God's delight will be in you. I pray that God's delight will be in you. I pray that as you live a life of worship, 
and of obedience and of sacrifice unto God that God is looking at you and saying he, he, this guy is just like Jesus this girl she's just like Jesus because they walk in obedience they are kingdom worshippers my delight and my pleasure is in him amen that is what I pray and declare over this church in the mighty name of Jesus we're going to zoom forward into Luke chapter 22 verse 42 till 44 and that is when Jesus was about to be crucified when Jesus was about to be crucified. Luke chapter 22, verse 44 to 45. And I read in Jesus' name. And being in agony, he prayed more earnestly. Then his sweat became like great drops of blood falling down to the ground. When he rose up from prayer and had come to his disciples, he found them sleeping from sorrow. Amen. Amen. I read again, Luke chapter 22, verse 42, up until 44, and it reads, Luke chapter 22, verse 42 to 44. Father, if you are willing, take this cup of agony away from me. But no matter what, say no matter what, no matter what, your will must be mine. Your will must be mine. Jesus calls for an angel of glory to strengthen him, and the angel appeared. He prayed even more passionately, like one being sacrificed, until he was in such intense agony of spirit that his sweat became drops of blood dripping onto the ground. Here in Amsterdam, when you look at the football club Ajax, there is a song that they sing, Blood, Sweat and Tranen. Do some of us know that song? Blood, Sweat and Tranen. This season, the season hasn't been going too well for Ajax. So the, the tears have become real. The tears have become real. But they are singing that song for just 11 guys who are playing football. And the, the supporters, the fans, they are sat in chairs. They are eating popcorn and hot dogs and drinking uh, cola and Fernandez, watching a game of football. And that is blood, sweat, and trauma. But the real blood, sweat, and trauma, the real blood, sweat, and trauma happened when Jesus Christ was about to be crucified. That he who knew no sin, Hij heeft nog nooit gezondigd in zijn leven. Een life, een perfect life. Een life that pleases God. That he had to be the sacrifice for all of mankind to be saved and redeemed through him. That indeed his sweat became like drops of blood. He wasn't, the, they used the word agony. That is pain. You can imagine he was crying because he knew that was about to happen. But the more beautiful it is that when you look at the verse 42, he says that, Father, if you are willing, take this cup of agony away from me. But no matter what, your will must be mine. That was from the TPT. If you read the New King James Version, it says that, Father, if it is your will, take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. The interesting thing is that Jesus Christ, he already knew what was going to happen. But because he was in the form of a man, because he had a physical body, he could feel that pain as well. He could feel that pain as well. He knew what was to come, and he could feel that pain so much that he was like, God, if it is possible, if there is a way, take this cup away from me. But yet, let your will be done. Sometimes in this life as a Christian, I don't know, maybe someone has told you, but it is not always going to be easy. Sometimes it's going to be heavy. Sometimes it is going to be hard. Sometimes it is going to be painful. But one thing that I know is that you have Christ. 
And one thing that I know is that He strengthens you in all things. One thing that I know is that He is sufficient for you. One thing that I know is that when you look unto Him, who is the author and the finisher of your faith, He will never disappoint you. One thing that I know is that you are an overcomer. One thing that I know is greater is He that is in you than He that is in the road. One thing that I know is that you win and you rule and you reign always. One thing that I know is that you are a royal priesthood. One thing that I know is that every spiritual blessing that is in Christ Jesus, that it is your portion. So Jesus here, I had it moeilijk, I had it zwaar. But yet, may your will be done. Because that is his worship to God. And the Bible says that an angel appeared and the angel gave him strength. This morning I'm praying that they that have been weak, if you have had any weakness, they that wait upon the Lord, may he renew your strength in this very moment. They that wait upon the Lord, may he renew your strength this very moment. Maybe you wanted to give up today. Maybe you wanted to give up tomorrow. Maybe you wanted to give up yesterday. But I pray that the strength of the Lord is your portion in the mighty name of Jesus. And that you are able to walk a life of worship. That you are able to walk a life where you obey, where you walk in obedience to God. And the obedience that Jesus Christ, that he obeyed. Look at what it brought to this world. Look at what it brought to mankind because of obedience. Because of obedience it is that we are now part of the kingdom. It is because of obedience that the gospel of God, which is the power of God unto salvation, that we have that same power, that the power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead is the same power that is quickening our mortal bodies. It is because of obedience that we are now sharing with the glory of God, where Christ in us, he is the hope of glory. So it is because of that obedience. So what I want to challenge you, church, is that together with Jesus, we adopt that life of worship unto God. And we adopt that life where, indeed, we live our lives in reference to who he is. And whatever we do, whether we wake up, whether we are brushing our teeth, whether we are driving car, riding bicycle, that you live your life in alignment, in oneness with what God wants from you. This is what we are going to pray for. We can be on our feet. You can be on our feet. Or if you are praising Jesus, praise Him well. If you are praising Jesus, praise Him well. This is the kingdom. This is the power. And this is the glory. So just for a minute, praise God. Thank God. Thank God that He has welcomed you into His family. Thank God that He has given you the kingdom. Thank God that He has made you members of the kingdom. Oh, lift up your voice. Lift up your voice and pray. Thank him, thank him, thank him. Church, thank him. Lift up your voice, open your mouth, say thank you, God. Thank you that you are the King of Kings. And thank you that you have made me a king and you have made me a queen in your kingdom. Thank you that indeed, oh Lord, you have called me. Oh Lord, thank you, oh Lord. Yours is the kingdom, yours is the power, yours is the glory. Yours is the glory. We thank you. We're so grateful to you, God, oh Lord. We thank you for your son, Jesus. We thank you that in him we live and we move and we have our very being, oh Lord. In the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you for this message. It is our prayer, oh Lord, that this message that it will bring fruit in our lives. That it will bear fruit in our lives, oh Lord. But Father, that it will not just stick to our head, but it will cause us, oh Lord, to love you the more, to love each other the more, and to bring and show and express your love into this world. We thank you, we thank you, we thank you. In the mighty name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. We are praying that every mind submits to the kingdom mindset. We are praying that every mind submits to the kingdom mindset. Jesus says, may your will be mine. May your will, may the will of God be mine. May the mind of God be mine. 
So we are praying that your mind submits to the mind of Christ. In a few moments, just lift up your voice and pray. Lift up your voice and pray. Lift up your voice and pray. Pray unto God that you see you have the thinking of God. That you have the mind of God. Jesus Christ, he is the Lord. He is the thinking of God. So pray that every mind submits to the kingdom mindset. That indeed, O Lord, that as he is, as he thinks, so is that we that we think, O Lord. Father, we thank you, we thank you, we thank you. We pray that your will will be ours, O Lord. We pray that we may do your will. That we may do your will. That we may do your will. Oh, lift up your voice in prayer. Lift up your voice in prayer. We pray that we may do your will, O Lord. Because the joy will be done. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. On earth, as in heaven, as in heaven, in the mighty name of Jesus, in the mighty name of Jesus. The kingdom, the power, and the glory belong to God. The kingdom, the power, and the glory belong to God. God has called you to be in His kingdom, and when you live a life of a kingdom worshiper, when you live the life of a kingdom worshiper. His kingdom, His power, and His glory is manifest. His kingdom, His power, and His glory is manifest. We are lifting up a prayer that in your life, that whatever God has placed on the inside of you, that it will come out in the mighty name of Jesus, that it shall be manifest in the mighty name of Jesus, that the world will see the kingdom, the power, and the glory of God through you. Lift up a prayer in this place. Lift up a prayer in this place. That whatever God has placed on the inside of you, that it will come to pass. That it will come to pass. That it will come to pass in Jesus' name. That it will come to pass in Jesus' name. Yours is the kingdom. Yours is the power. Yours is the glory. It all belongs to you. It all belongs to you. It all belongs to you. So Lord God, may it be manifest. as I live my life through the helping of the Holy Spirit, as I live and walk in obedience to you, as I live and walk as a son and as a daughter of the Most High God, it is my prayer, O Lord, it is my prayer, O Lord, that your kingdom, that your power, that your glory will be manifest in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. So whatever you have worked in the of you, 